0: good. Uh, Before we jump into uh, what I've got prepared to share with you this evening, I'm going to do something that I think I've been told I'm not ever supposed to do, and that is I'm going to step off the platform, which means there's a good chance the people who are joining us online aren't uh, uh, going to be, or maybe they're just catching like the top of my forehead. I don't, uh, I'm not, uh, i am not i am not really sure. But, uh, we wanted to take uh, a moment before I jump into the message this evening. And, uh, we want to pray for, uh, for a family. We want to pray for the Wilson family this morning, for April and Scott and, uh, Riley and for Tanner. In fact, I'm going to ask them to come on up to the front here and, uh, the Wilson family. And, uh, we're going to take a moment and just, uh, pray for them today. Um, uh, Riley is uh, going to be going up, the family's going to be going up to um, Aurora in Colorado this week, and uh, Riley's going to be undergoing some uh, medical procedures in order to uh, kind of spot, um, identify some things that may be happening within his brain that could provide some relief from some seizures and some things that he's been uh, experiencing. And, uh, and so, and then after they find what they're going to find, then they kind of, uh, start to do some treatment for that. Is that that correct here? And uh, so we just felt like it would be good to just take a moment and just as a church family, just pray for Riley and for this family uh, that uh, over the next week that they would just experience the presence and the grace of God abounding to them. Uh, that the supernatural power of God would be on Riley and his body in order to just release healing and to heal, bring wholeness to whatever is going on within his brain and within his, within his body. And and to give mom and dad peace, I can only imagine uh, what it's you know what it's like when you're taking a child to have you know surgery and all that goes along with that. And uh, and yet I was chatting with them a couple days ago and just know that they're uh, you know that they're finding great comfort and peace in the Lord and in you. And uh, so I just thought it'd be good for us to take a moment and pray for them. And uh, Marisa, would you come and pray? And Sarah, maybe uh, you as well. And uh, let's just gather around these guys. Let's just pray for them and uh, before we jump into the words. Let's pray. Would you just stretch out your hands? Come on, let's pray for the, the Riley and the Wilson family here. <laughs> let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you Father. Thank you. We bless your name, Lord
1: Jesus. Lord, we thank we you that heart. you go before this family and you prepare the way, you prepare the hearts, you prepare the hands and the minds of every person who is going to be in these operating rooms, every decision maker, every medical professional. Lord, we thank you for the gifting that you have given to them and we ask for your anointing to rest on them. Lord, that they would discover all that needs to be discovered. Lord, we pray that there would be such a grace in these procedure rooms, that there would be such a grace and peace on Riley. Lord, that he would just sense a blanket of your presence covering him as he goes in for these procedures. Lord, that there would just even be a sense that the whole medical team feels that there's something different in the room because your presence will be so strong in that place. Lord, we pray for good outcomes. Lord, that they would discover what needs to be discovered, that they would find the unknown, that they would find causes and that they would find cures. Lord, we thank you for your divine healing and we ask for a miracle in Riley's body. We pray, Lord, that you would touch him by the blood of Jesus, Lord, that washes away all of our infirmities and diseases. Lord, we pray that you would do a miracle in his body and that you would cause his body to function the way that you divinely created a body to function and Lord we pray for peace for this whole family. Lord, that the peace that surpasses all understanding would cover their hearts and their minds. Lord, that there would be such a sense that you are in control in this moment. Lord, and we look forward with great expectation as a church family to hear what it is that is going to be discovered and uncovered during this next couple of weeks. And we look forward to celebrating and rejoicing with them at the newfound freedom and healing that's coming. And we thank you for this in the mighty name of Jesus amen
0: amen Right. I want to uh, I want to encourage you, church. Let's continue to keep Riley and uh, the Wilson family just in our prayers over the next uh, little bit here. As I understand uh, what they're kind of embarking on, uh, you know, they know when the initial procedure uh, will happen, but then you know, there's some things they kind of need to wait for in terms of the diagnostics, and then you know, whatever treatment course, and so it can be a little bit open ended in terms of you know the overall timeline. And so uh, we just want to continue to pray for them, and we'll try to provide an update maybe to you as we, uh, you know, as as we have it. But um, this is what it means to be a family. Amen. I just want to quickly comment, you know, this past week uh, has been just our week of prayer and fasting, and we just had a wonderful time uh, just seeking God together and calling out to Him and asking Him for a fresh visitation of His presence. And uh, so I want to commend every one of you who participated in whatever way you participated. And uh, if you, you know, in some way, shape, or form fasted or denied yourself this week in order to give yourself more to seeking God, then I commend you for that, and I thank you for joining with us. If you int- attended our evening times of prayer and a Friday night uh- uh, worship and, and prayer night. I just want to thank you for uh, coming and joining in in those. And we had just such great times together of seeking uh, the Lord together. I want to particularly, uh, you know, thank uh, Daniel Newman. He was here like every night early and making sure that everything was ready and everything was prepared for all of us. And, and uh, the worship team that, you know, spent some extra time practicing at a bit of an inconvenient time in order to be ready for Friday night's worship uh, evening. And so, just want to thank Daniel and, and thank our worship team. Church, can we put our hands together for them? Um, this week, this week here, Uh, starts our new semester of small groups. And uh, I'm really excited uh, about that and uh, about small groups. You know, we're passionate about helping people follow Jesus. And uh, and our small groups are a key place where we connect into genuine relationships and where we find and where we share the experience with others of following Jesus together. And so if you have not yet joined one of our small groups, it's not too late. Uh, We have a group That you can connect with. You can visit our website at citychurchabq.com. Click on the tab that says groups and you can get into one of our small groups and they begin this week. And we're looking forward to a really great semester with our small groups. All right. A few weeks ago, I shared a sermon titled, Time to Get Ready, and it was about allowing God to deposit a vision within us that will lead us to prepare now for its arrival. You remember we talked about the idea that when a a woman is pregnant, that a couple will begin to prepare like immediately, even though the baby hasn't yet arrived, but we begin to prepare, act, you know, we fully expect that uh, the baby that the woman is carrying will one day, you know, be delivered. And now we're, so now we got to prepare for it. And so we talked about allowing God to deposit that kind of vision that leads to preparation for its Arrival, and of course, this past week we 've been fasting and praying together for a fresh visitation of god 's presence and power in our lives and in our church and in our city, and uh, that's been a wonderful week, and uh, how many are still hungry and looking forward to breaking that or yeah, yeah, me, 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 me too, right and uh, I don't know you know if you some of you maybe follow me on, on Instagram, if you don't, then like, how dare you <laughs> Uh, Throughout the week, we've, uh, I've been doing like a a partial uh, fast, and so generally I've been uh, just kind of water and coffee throughout the day, and then uh, a a, a soup and salad for dinner. And so Marisa has been making soups throughout the week. And so uh, yeah, was it yesterday, right? So yesterday, like we're like right at the very, you know, I can see the finish line, right? And so she makes two kinds of soups. She made like a corn chowder and a tortellini soup. But here's the thing, is that the corn chowder, it was made to go with bacon. And the tortellini soup was made to go with some sausage. And so she was sauteing sausage and bacon together on the stove. And I was in my office in deep prayer. Just, I was like in the third heaven, right? And it was like all of a sudden I was like, do I smell bacon? Is, is that sausage that I smell? And I came out, and I was like, girl, what are you doing, right? <laughs> Marisa's like, what? You know, I'm making, I'm making soup, and so I posted on Instagram. I was like, get behind me, Satan. I was like, oh, man, the temptation. Oh, But we've had just, it has been such a great week in our prayer and and fasting uh, time and uh, seeking God for a visitation in our own lives, in our church, and in the city of Albuquerque. How many know? Albuquerque needs Jesus. So, whatever has, whatever God has done in your life, has God done something in your life this week? I pray that it has. I pray that for all of you, every one of you, who is engaged in this time of prayer and fasting in whatever way you have, I pray that today as you sit here, you're like, yes, God spoke to me. God did something in my life. Just before we came into the service, I was talking to one of the gentlemen that is serving as a greeter here and asking him how his week's been. He was just telling me about how God has brought uh, new freedom to something that he's been struggling with for a period of time. And, and it should all be our testimony that God has done something. Because when you pray for a visitation of God, that's not a prayer that God ignores. So whatever God has done in your life, in our midst, now is the moment for movement in the pursuit of the promises and the purposes that God has for us. So if God has set you free from habits of habits and cycles of sin, well then now is the time to move forward in righteousness. If God has set you free from hurts and wounds that you have been carrying, well then now is the time to move forward in forgiveness and healing. If, if God has set you free from lies this week, I spoke to a handful of you that were telling me about different ways in which you had been living with lies and deception. Then listen, if God has set you free from that, then His will is that now you move forward in truth. Maybe God has stirred a new sense of His promise and His purpose for your life. Well then now is the moment to begin to pursue that. To move forward in the pursuit of God's promises and purposes for your life. And so it is with us. City Church, um, let me find my spot. So it is with us. City Church, we have always been a community that has had a sense of promise and purpose. We've always known that God has more for us than just going to church for an hour and 15 minutes on a Sunday. Right. But that there was a call of God upon our church family, upon our community, That He would use us to be a light that would shine in the darkness and a voice for His Gospel. That we would become a place where the presence and the glory of God would be at work in our lives and through our lives for His glory. That the church would be built up. That the world would have the opportunity to taste and see that the Lord is good through us. God is moving in the world. He's moving in Albuquerque. Do you believe that? He's moving to redeem and to restore the whole of creation. And he calls us to join in his mission. So today we're going to begin the lengthy journey of talking about what it's going to look like for City Church to move forward together in pursuit of God's plans and promises for us. So this forward together is not simply the title of this week's message, but this is going to be our theme for the year and our focus for the next several months. So over the next seven weeks, we're going to share with you uh, what we feel God is calling us to be and to do as a church. And so we're going to be talking about our vision and our mission and our values. Then we're going to take a break for about another seven weeks for, we're going to have some guest ministry. We have Easter's. We're going to do baptisms, a few other things that we're going to break for. And uh, then we're going to come back for probably another five weeks just to dig deeper into our mission and specifically what it looks like for us as a church to move in the direction of the mission that God is giving us. Are you with me? Listen, City Church, It is my conviction that the greatest days for the church in my lifetime are still ahead of us. And I am convinced that the same is true with City Church. That the greatest days for us are ahead of us. That God did not bring us to this point. Out of his goodness, out of his faithfulness. So that we would just stay here. So that we can just stay in this moment. No, no. God's got plans. God's got purposes. God is at work in and through us. He's at work in the city of Albuquerque. He is at work in the world. And listen, he is calling City Church to join in his mission. And so that's what we're going to be talking about over the next few months. So today... Uh, with uh, the past week of prayer and fasting kind of behind us, and with our hearts hopefully filled with a sense of anticipation for what lies ahead of us, what I actually want to do today is kind of lay the groundwork if you will, for what we 're going to discuss over the next uh, seven uh, seven months and So uh, what I want to share with you today is simply three thoughts on how we could put ourselves in the right mindset and put within us the right heart attitude as we step into this new season. Are you with me? So this is kind of like the moment when a contractor is preparing to build a house and they just kind of flatten the land and they make sure that it's level and uh, you know they might dig down a couple of inches. I don't know. It's kind of weird here in New Mexico. Where I come from in Canada they have these things called basements. Uh, which is where, you know, they dig down deep and they lay footings and all that kind of stuff. I know that because of the climate here in New Mexico, they only have to dig down a little bit. But the point is, is all we're doing is just they're preparing the ground for what will be built up upon it. So hear me today, is that what these three things I want to share with you, I believe that they can form for us the heart attitude and the mindset that that gives us the the leveled, prepared ground, as we begin to talk more about our vision, and our mission, and our values moving forward. Are you with me? Yeah. All right, so uh, let's read this scripture from Philippians chapter 3 verses 13 and 14. We're going to start at the kind of the second half of verse 13, where Paul says, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Forgetting the past, looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. So. Let me share with you three mindsets, three heart attitudes that we need as we enter this next season. The first is simply this, is we need to stop living in the past. We need to stop living in the past. So in Luke chapter 9, verse 62, Jesus said this. He said, no one who puts a hand to the plow looks back and, and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. No one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Here's what I wanna say to you today is simply, don't live in the past, but do leverage it. Don't live in the past, but do leverage it. When Paul says forgetting what is behind or forgetting the past, he's not saying that the past doesn't matter. He's not saying that we should totally put it out of our memories, even if we could. He is encouraging the Philippians to say, you can't keep living in it. You can't keep looking back at what has happened in the past and move forward at the same time. So. the message is, don't live in the past, but do leverage it. What do I mean? Well, one of the ways we leverage the past is by honoring what is honorable. And so I want you to hear me really clearly when I say this. Is that when we talk about vision and mission and values and how we move together as a church, and when I link that to this word that we stop living in the past, that should in no way be understood as my in any way, shape, or form suggesting that our past as a church doesn't matter. Listen, we are who we are today, and we have gotten to this place because of the commitment and the dedication and the sacrifice and the leadership and the giving and the serving and the believing and the praying of a whole lot of people. And we've gotten to this moment because God's hand has been on this church from day one. And his spirit has led and guided us to this moment We leverage our past by honoring all of it. In fact, I would say this. This is what is in my heart. And this is my attitude when we talk about this. Because while I'm not aware of like every individual story, in the past six months, I've become more and more aware of the journey that City Church has been on. And so, I, I, I want you to hear this. We dishonor the past if we don't move forward. All of the serving, all of the leading, all of the praying, all of the guiding, everything that has gone into bringing our church to this day was not deposited, was not given, was not offered so that we would arrive here and then stop. And we do a disservice to everyone and everything that has made us, that has led us to this moment if we do not continue to move forward together towards what God has called us to be and to do. So we leverage the past when we honor what is honorable. We learn from the past, right? We can learn from the good, we can learn from the bad. We learn from it. Thirdly, we praise God for his goodness and his faithfulness through it. Through the mountaintops and through the valleys, through the winds and through the losses, God's presence has been with us and he has always been good and always been faithful. And so we rejoice in that. And yet we do not live in it. And yet we cannot move forward if our necks are turned look backwards. How many of you know know who I'm talking about if I say the name Eric Liddell? Oh man. How many of you, show of hands, have ever seen the movie Chariots of Fire? Oh, okay. That's not bad. Not bad. So, Chariots of Fire is a true story about a, a, a runner, uh, an American runner named Eric Liddell, and uh, this is kind of um, like 1920s type of uh, type of era. And uh, if you see the movie, it tells a story in the movie, true story, and uh, it's of a race that uh, Eric Liddell is running. It's a 400 meter race, and at the you know the the gun goes off, they begin to run, and in the first turn, he is knocked over by a competitor, and he's knocked out of bounds, and he falls. Now, 400 meters is a pretty short race. And so you can, you can imagine uh, that if you were Eric Liddell, and you were running, and in the first turn you were knocked over, and fell to the ground, you might just accept that this isn't your race, and like accept defeat for the moment, and like that's that. But no, in what we see in the movie, what is The true story is Eric Liddell, he gets up, he gets back on the track, and he just runs, and he runs, and he runs, and this man who was knocked down in the first corner, he ends up winning the race. It's this amazing thing, especially when you think of the length of the race, 400 meters, uh, 440 yards is, it's it's not that long of, of a distance. And so where most people would have accepted defeat, he kept up, he kept running, and he ended up winning the race. And so the point is this, is simply to say yesterday is over. And listen, you're free from it. Because here's the thing that we do, right, is life happens, and some of it is difficult. And I'm not suggesting that we belittle that, or that we could just, you know, in a moment, throw off some of the heavy baggage that we carry, but I do want you to know today that you're free. You're free from your past. You're free from the things that you've done. You're free from the things that have been done to you. God opens, opens a whole new future to you. You're free to step into it. You're free to pursue it. So stop living in the past. The second heart attitude or mindset that we need to have is that we are focused forward. We focus forward. So Proverbs twenty nine eighteen says, where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. Where there is no prophetic vision, the idea of a prophetic vision is something that comes from God. This is important. Right? If we're going to live our lives with a sense of purpose, if as a church, we're going to operate with a sense of purpose, how many know we want to be confident that that sense of purpose, that vision that we are operating from, that it is born of God. That it comes from his heart and his mind. Are you with me? So where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. Some versions replace quote cast off restraint with run wild. The, the, the image or the picture that we get is simply of someone who is running aimlessly in kind of any and every direction. The Scripture tells us that when we don't have a vision that we end up running aimlessly or in any and every direction. Listen, we move towards the things we focus on. We move towards the things that we focus on. If you need evidence of this, just try this today when you're driving home on the 25 or or the 40 in whatever lane you're in, just look to the left or to the right and you'll discover how hard it is not to steer your vehicle in that direction. Actually, don't do that. Just watch the car in front of you because there's a good chance they might do that. But we move towards the things that we focus on. And isn't that true in life as well? That we tend to move in the direction of the things that grab our or hold our attention. So if we're going to be who God is calling us to be, and if we're going to do what God is calling us to do, then we must be free from distractions And focused on direction. We must be free from distractions and focused on direction. So focusing on a vision, it helps keep us from following the distractions that can take us off course. How many know there's a lot of things in our day and age that can serve as distractions for us? Right? There's no shortage of opportunities for us to be distracted. Now, if we were to have a a share session in this moment and ask one another, what are the things that distract you from your sense of purpose or your sense of vision or from being who God's calling you to be or doing the things that God is calling you to do? What are the distractions? Um, Here's what I know. Some of the things that we would name would be like sinful, unrighteous, unhealthy, kind of destructive type things that can become a distraction for us, that can take us off course. Here's what I also know. Probably more than the really unrighteous, sinful things would be really good things that we allow to occupy a disproportionate amount of our attention or energy in our lives. And so it's not that those things are bad. In fact, many of them are are, are very good things, things we should care about, things that we should be involved in. And yet, when we give them too much of our attention, when we give them too much of our focus, we can be distracted and we can be pulled off course from the divine vision, the purpose and the plans of God for our lives and for our church. one more thought before, let me say this. So we need to be free from distractions, and we need to be focused on direction. And so we think of the challenge that's given to us by the author of Hebrews, who simply said, fix your eyes on Jesus, because he is the author, or the initiator, and the finisher of our faith. That is the challenge. That in a day and age where there's so many distractions from our phone to our computers to our television to our, uh, our our vocation, our work, and you know, sinful things and good causes and all of the things that we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, so that we can follow His lead in our lives. See, if I'm not looking at Jesus, then how do I know where He's going? How do I see what he's doing? How do I follow his leading in our lives? And so we keep our attention on Jesus. Listen, I know this isn't going to be news for you. But in this year of 2024, there's going to be all kinds of distractions. And Not all of them are bad distractions and they're not things, and they're not all things that we shouldn't care about or shouldn't engage with, but understand, understand, God's got a plan for us in this moment, a way for us to shine our light, the light of Jesus in the darkness, to be a voice for the gospel within our community. It matters who our next president will be. But listen, while the whole world, or not while the whole world, well, kind of the world, but while all of America is fixated on who's going to be our next president, we have the opportunity to proclaim the one who is today king over everything we have the opportunity to show and share the good news that Jesus Christ is Lord, that he has defeated evil, sin, and death, that right now he is the King of Kings or the President of Presidents. He is the Lord of Lords who right now is reigning in glory and in majesty. And while, and while it's true, that some policies can be better than others, only the good news cures the sinfulness of the human heart. Only the good news causes new life to spring forth where once was death. So let's be sure that we don't get distracted, but that we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus following his lead so that we can participate with him in what he's doing in the world and in the United States and in Albuquerque this year. Are are you with me? So we need to stop living in the past. We need to focus forward. Uh, Finally, we need to press on together. We need to press on together. You'll notice in the passage in Philippians that Paul starts out talking in first person, saying, this is what I do, this is what I do, this is what I do. But then he ends with saying that I'm pressing on towards the call of God that is in Christ Jesus for us. For us. Deuteronomy 1, chapter 6, verse 7 Uh, Just the first half of verse seven says this, says the Lord our God said to us at Mount Horeb, you have stayed long enough at this mountain. Break, camp, and advance. What I want you to see here is that mission requires motion. Mission requires motion. There's no way, like we could talk all morning about different places that we wanna go. You could with your family after the service say, hey, let's go somewhere for lunch or let's go for a drive somewhere or let's go for a hike somewhere. You could decide that you're gonna do something together but uh, we all get this, right? That if you don't ever actually move to your vehicle and then direct your vehicle in the direction of the place where you want to go, then no amount of being stationary will ever get you there. How about this? No amount of praying will ever get you there. Don't accuse me of being down on praying. But remember, we've talked about already that What we need is we need to be a place where God's presence is at work in and through us and we need to be actively following through faith and obedience the leading of God's spirit and of God's word. Without that, we will never get to the place where God is calling us To go. And so mission requires motion. But what I want you to see today is that we move forward together. The vision, the mission that God is giving us is not just about you, or about me, or about a small group of people, or about the person that's beside you, or behind you. It's not about the person that has been in City Church for 30 years, nor is it about the person who's just visiting us for the first time today. Although, welcome. We're glad you're here. No, no. God is inviting each and every one of us as a community, as a church family, to say, follow my lead. I'm moving in your neighborhood. I'm moving in the city of Albuquerque. I'm moving in the world. And He's calling City Church to say, I'm I'm inviting you, I'm calling you, I'm drafting you into my service to participate in what I'm doing as my spirit is at work all over the place to redeem, to renew, to restore. Church, life, Christianity is not an individual sport. Right? Right? It's not a spectator event. You've heard me say this before if you've been here for a while, but it fits here well. And that is simply this. You need, need to be a contributing part of a local church family. And a local church family needs you you're needed. If you're seated here today, I would propose to you, whether this whether you've been here for 30 years or this is your first time. Welcome, by the way. <laughs> what about this? Maybe God brought you here because God knew that City Church needs you. It turns out we need each other. And so when we talk about moving forward together, I hope that you'll see this, that this isn't just about, well, you know, what's on Jeff's mind, what's on Jeff's heart? Jeff and Marisa, what are they thinking? What, what, what is God speaking to them about, you know, kind of the vision of the church or the elders and the board and, and, and the leaders here? It's not just about that. Church has never been an individual sport. Church is about a community of people gathering together like a spiritual family, united by our shared allegiance to Jesus Christ and our mutual commitment to the mission of Jesus in our world. And so we press on together. We are with one another. We need one another. We need to stand with one another If we lose, then we lose together. If we win, then we win together. But we press on together. Finally, as we move forward with these as our mindsets that we are going to forget the past, that we're going to focus forward, and that we will press on together, I want to end our time simply by focusing our attention on this reality that God's promise is His presence that God's promise is his presence. In Exodus 33 verses 14 to 16, it says, the Lord replied, this is to Moses. So Moses has been having this conversation with God. This is one of these moments where the Lord has gotten angry with Israel. I know, there's a lot of moments to pick from, right? Didn't just happen once, seemed to happen all the time. And so the Lord and Moses have been having this conversation. They've been going back and forth and God has said to Moses, listen, you take these people and you lead them towards the promised land. But I'm not going with you because I've had it with these people. And Moses is saying to God, no, no, this is not how this works. This is not what you called me to. This is not what I signed up for. And so they're having this conversation. And so in the midst of this conversation, it says, starting in verse 14, It says, the Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And then Moses replied to him, if your presence does not go with us, then do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? In Matthew chapter 28 verses 18 to 20. Listen to it in the message version. It's familiar for many of us, and so sometimes we can just kind of almost, you know, speak it, think it, without mindless, and being mindless with it. Listen to the message version. It says, Jesus, undeterred, went right ahead and gave his charge. God authorized and commanded me to commission you. Go out, And train everyone you meet far and near in this way of life. Marking them by the baptism in the threefold name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Then instruct them in the practice of all that I have commanded you. Then this, I will be with you as you do this. Day after day after day, right up to the end of the age. And so God's promise is, that as we get a vision from his heart and for, from his mind, for us as followers of Jesus, and for us as a church family, that if we will commit ourselves to the leading of God, if we will say yes to the call to join Jesus in his mission, then here's what's next. We move forward together. And we do so with the confidence that the promise of God is that as we move forward together, that he will be with us day after day after day after day. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. Are you with me? Would you bow your hearts, close your eyes, bow your head, pray together as we close today. Maybe, maybe you're here with us this morning and you're not following Jesus. Maybe you have never followed Jesus. Maybe you've never known him personally. You've never been a Christian before. Or maybe at one time you were following God and have fallen away and gotten off track. I want you to know this morning that no matter what has been the story of your past, you have a future in Jesus. He loves you. He died for you. And today he lives for you. His desire for you is that you would know him. That you would experience the life that he has for you. And that you would enter into the plans and the purposes that he has for your life. So before we pray, uh, in closing here this morning, I want to ask you while your heads are bowed, eyes are closed, that if you're here today and you have never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, or if you're here today and you've known Jesus in the past but have fallen away, I can think of no better day than today for you to take a step of faith, to open your heart to Jesus, to say to him, Lord, today I admit that I need you, And today I believe that you lived, that you died, that you rose from the dead, that you did it for me to give me new and everlasting life. To confess him as your Savior and as your Lord. To tell him, Lord, I want to know you and I want to follow you. I want to experience for myself the life that only you can give. And so if that's you today, before we move on and before we go forward, we would love to pray with you to that end. And I'm not going to ask you to do anything that would be embarrassing to you, but I am going to ask you to do one thing. And that is if you would slip up your hand just to indicate that that's you this morning and that you would like to take that step. then you can do that right now and then we're going to pray together. Here's what we're going to do i'm going to lead church we're all going to pray this together we're two people put their hands up this morning and so we're going to pray a prayer together and i'm going to ask every one of you to repeat along uh with me and uh as we pray together all right you ready so dear lord jesus i come to you today and i thank you that you love me i admit that i am a sinner and that i need saving Today I believe that Jesus, you lived and you died, and you rose from the dead, and that you did it for me. I want to know you, and I want to follow you. I open my heart to you right now. I ask you to come in, and I ask you to give me eternal life. And I thank you for what you've done. And I thank you that right now I am your child. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Awesome. I'm gonna just pray for everyone. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the very first time today, uh, as someone who has never followed Jesus, or if you prayed it as a prayer of wanting to rededicate your life to God, would you do me a favor? And when the service is all over, would you come up to the front and let me know and just say hi to me? And I would love to meet you. And we could put a couple things in your hand uh, in order to just kind of help you know what it means to what a next step for you would uh, would be. All right, church, let's pray. Father, we just thank you so much for this time in your presence today. We thank you for the opportunity to gather together as a church family to worship you, to give you praise today for you are so worthy. And we thank you, Father, first and foremost, we thank you for the history of this church, that you, that this church was birth out of your heart and out of your dream and out of your love for the city of Albuquerque father and uh and so and we honor lord the history of our church we honor the past of our church we honor lord the the praying the giving the serving the sacrifice of every uh, person young and old man and woman who has brought our church family to this moment and so we are filled with anticipation for all that you have prepared for us in the next season So today we choose to stop living in the past, to focus our attention forward, and to press on together towards the prize of which you are calling us in Jesus Christ. Would you convince every single one of us of two things? The future is bright, and that each and every one of us are a part of what you are wanting to do in and through City Church in the future. And we give you the praise and the glory for it in Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen, church, would you stand with me this morning? What a good morning in church, amen? Listen, we love you. Uh, we hope you have a great rest of the day today. We look forward to seeing you next week. If you're visiting and you would love to and you wanna learn more about our church, you can meet us in the comments for our Connect class. It starts at 11.30. Listen, as you're leaving, why don't you turn around and uh, if you spot the face of someone you don't recognize, go up, shake their hand, say hello to them, make a new friend this morning and God bless you, City Church.